On this week's episode, Matt and Lee take a trip back in time and relive the life and violent end of Bonnie and Clyde right here in the 1086-108 podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 1086-108 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Lee Alexander. And I'm Matt Taylor. And we're going to do something similar to what we did last week. We're going to take a little trip back in the Wayback Machine and go back in time. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about two of history's most notorious outlaws. Not of the Old West, though, this time. Oh, no. No, this is more of the... Uh, I don't want to say modern area, but uh, the uh, Great Depression era. The Depression era. Yes, it is. We're talking about the infamous Bonnie and Clyde. All right. The dare, terrible duo there. So let's start with Bonnie. All right. Let's talk about Bonnie. So her, she was born Bonnie Elizabeth Parker, October 1st, 1910, in Texas. Okay. She's a Texas girl. <laughs> Funny thing is, so is um, Clyde. Clyde, yes, he's from he's Texas, He's not a girl, too. though. No, but no. he's from Texas. Right. So um, Bonnie's father passed away when she was four years old, and then her mother had moved her and uh, back to West Dallas. And then during that time, um, Bonnie wrote poems such as A Story of Suicide Sal and The Trails In, which was later more commonly known as The Story of Bonnie Clyde. In her second year of high school, she met this guy and they got married. They both dropped out and uh, she was 16 when that happened. So she was young. Yeah. Isn't it weird how um, back then marrying women young that was, young was is, okay? Yeah, it was good. Now it's now you go to jail. You know, like prison and shit. Or you're from West Virginia, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. So. <laughs> So their marriage fell apart, and right. then, but however, they never divorced. And then subsequently, Bonnie had met um, Clyde mm -hmm. um, at one of Clyde's friends' house, I believe it was. And uh, that's when they started seeing each other. The, uh, the funny thing is, um, being that her and her husband never divorced, Bonnie continued wearing her wedding ring. And then when she died, mm -hmm. uh, she would actually had it on. Wow. That's strange. I... I I don't know if I could be with an, another woman that continuously wore the ring of her. Right. Um, it's kind of like she's, especially since he still be different if maybe he, he had died tragically or something like that. And it's just a memory thing, but this guy was still alive. Right. <laughs> yeah. That could be an issue. All right. So, so let's talk about Clyde. All right. Well, well, Clyde now Clyde has a kind of strange name. Clyde's actual name is Clyde Chestnut Barrow. Uh, <laughs> but for some reason, they called him Champion. I don't know where that comes from. He was born in 1909, um, also from Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, they later moved on to Dallas. And um, Barrow went about his ways of uh, doing naughty deeds. He was first arrested. Uh, he was only 17 years old. And what's interesting about that arrest is, of course, this was back in 1926, it was for failure to return a rental car in 1926. 
That's awesome. I wonder what it would have cost to rent a car back then. <laughs> 33 cents or something. I don't and if know. you don't return it, apparently you're getting arrested. <laughs> I guess. And uh, so then he got arrested a second time. This time he was arrested with his brother for possession of stolen turkeys. These are hardened criminals. So, yeah, the so they started out big time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes, though, he wasn't always a criminal. For mm -hmm. a couple years, uh, he uh, had actual real jobs. But uh, then he went into uh, cracking safes, robbing stores, stealing cars. And uh, then eventually he met uh, Bonnie Parker uh, when he was at a friend's house. I think that was in 1930. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they hung out an awful lot and their love blossomed. And, uh, then, uh, Clyde eventually got arrested, um, in Dallas, mm -hmm. uh, and got convicted of auto theft. So, um, uh, he ended up going off to uh, prison and, uh, he was only 21 years old when that happened. He gave escaped from prison using a weapon that, uh, Bonnie had, uh, snuck into him. And uh, but he got caught just a short time later. Um, one of the things that uh, you didn't hear much about in the you know the stories of Bonnie and Clyde or in the movies of Bonnie and Clyde is while he was in prison, he was a victim of uh, sexual assault, um, and that's where he uh, lost his mind um, over the ongoing uh, problems he was having, and he ended up killing the guy that was you know uh, assaulting him. And beat his head in with a pipe. Right. So I guess he beat him with a pipe because he was giving him the pipe. So the the cool part about that is he conned somebody that was already serving a life sentence to claim responsibility for that. Yeah. Death. Now, see, that shows you he's a smart guy. Yeah. He's he's not a, you know, not an idiot completely. So, wait a minute. You're saying he's not an idiot, but let's think about this. So he's back in prison and he thinks he's going to do hard labor. Mm -hmm. So to avoid that, he ends up cutting two toes off. I, okay. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you got to do what the you got to do, I there? guess. <laughs> so what he didn't know, what this dumbass didn't know is that his mom had petitioned the courts to get him released. And it, it's alleged that six days later, after cutting his toes off, he got out of jail. <laughs> if he did just waited a little bit longer. <laughs> so anyhow, after that, um, he started robbing grocery stores, gas stations, and uh, then graduated up to bank robberies. Um, so his career really took off. Right. Well, apparently his stint in prison, yeah. um, killing people and getting raped and stuff like that, really changed his mindset. Made him a hardcore criminal. Right. It's one of the alleged uh, inmates had said that... Uh, he had watched him change from a schoolboy to a rattlesnake. All right. Well, that makes sense when you look at the how drastic his crimes started to change. Yeah, yeah change. So after uh, he was released from prison, him and another um, guy started doing a series of robberies, primarily stores and gas stations. Thieving. Yeah. Um, apparently their goal was to collect enough money and firepower to launch a raid against the prison that he would been in. Wow. Okay. It's a little bitter, I guess. I guess. He wants to get even. <laughs> Can you imagine? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to take on a fucking prison. No, well, you're not. No, you're, not. <laughs> you're one of two guys here. This is now, messed up. now, during this time, uh, Bonnie got arrested. Right. And she ended up going to jail. Um, and again, while she was in jail, she's writing her poetry. Po poetry? Poetry. Poetry. And uh, she ends up getting out of jail and 
short time after that, her and Barrow hook back up and um, get on their uh, get on the road to Robin. Well, they got to start somewhere. Yeah. So then in in April, um, they did a robbery, and during that time, the store owner was shot and killed. Mm. And um, the store owner's wife identified uh, Clyde as being the one of the shooters, even though he was supposedly the driver of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, a, a, a ding on his record right there. So you got to think about that. If you're going to co commit crimes and you're like the getaway driver, mm-hmm. make sure nobody in that car looks like you. Yeah, wear a mask, something. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell does that happen? He's alleged to have stayed in the car, but yet he gets—he gets identified. He's the only one that gets identified. Uh, he's She's not good. a lucky guy. Now that chick's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, then later on uh, in August, um, Clyde and a bunch of his friends are at a party, and they're getting, you know, whacked out on moonshine, and um, the local sheriff and one of his deputies comes up to him in a parking lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess. They didn't like the cops, so they start shooting in the process. Uh, the deputy gets killed, and the sheriff is seriously wounded. Um, and uh, that was the first um, law enforcement officer that Clyde and his gang killed. The The deputy's name was Deputy Eugene Moore hmm. uh, from Stringtown, Oklahoma. And uh, so, you know, he won't be the last— um, uh, law enforcement, you know, that they killed during their, you know, years of criminal activity. It's alleged they killed nine law enforcement officers. Wow. Or That's he participated in killing, killing nine, nine. nine law enforcement officers. But their spree kept going, man. And um, they were in the process of stealing a car, and the car owner comes out, and they end up killing him. Just it's, over just, a car. Right. So, and that guy was a young man with a family. Um, just to get his car. Yeah. Wow. Um, Barrows had already um, then killed a Tarrant County deputy, Malcolm Davis, had stumbled into a uh, trap law enforcement had set to catch other criminals. So, well, that's bad luck. Right. <laughs> so up until this point, we got five dead people, man. Wow. And and what? how many? Two law enforcement officers and yeah. one seriously wounded? Yeah. So uh, at that point... Uh, the uh, the crime becomes a uh, family affair, and uh, now Clyde's brother Buck and his wife Blanche um, come into the uh, the mix, come into the the gang. Um, that was in March of 1933, um, and they begin doing more crimes of their own. Um, but they were at a hideout. Uh, in Joplin, Mississippi, and uh, supposedly Buck and Blanche were there just there to visit and actually try to talk Clyde into surrendering to law enforcement. But while they were there, they were having really loud parties, card games, and it drew the suspicion of local law enforcement. And so law enforcement got a group of five cops together thinking they were going to break up a bootlegger uh, operation and of course they show up against the uh, Barrow gang and a shooting ensues a gun battle ensues and uh, during that time a detective Harry McGinnis um, and um, 
Constable J.W. Harriman were killed. Um, Bonnie Parker is shooting a BAR. Uh, so that shows you the kind of mentality she has for handling that big weapon. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it wasn't for a button, this story would have ended right there because Jones was uh, struck by a bullet. Buck was hit by a ricochet off the wall and Clyde was hit. But his suit coat button deflected the bullet. That's a lucky button. That I, He better put that on every suit he has from then on. <laughs> I agree. You know, where can we find this? Button? Yes, I want one. Of the, it's a it's a John Wick suit, I think. Right. Um, they ended up escaping that shootout, uh, but in the process, running away, they left all their stuff behind. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things they left behind was Buck's parole papers. So that gave the police an idea of what was going on and who was here. They left a bunch of uh, guns, some of Bonnie's poetry, and. Some undeveloped film. In a camera, right? Yes. And the police developed the film, and that's where a lot of these famous pictures of Bonnie and Clyde came from. Mm -hmm. The one with her holding a gun and the cigar in her mouth or pointing the shotgun at at, uh, Clyde uh, came from these pictures that they they acquired after this incident. Now the gang has has gone far north as Minnesota. where they had committed robberies. Uh, they committed robberies in Indiana. Uh, during an incident where they're trying to steal a car, they subsequently kidnap a, a male and a female in Louisiana. Uh, this was normal for them, apparently. So on several events between 1932 and 1934, they had kidnapped police officers and robbery victims. Well, even cops. Right. Hmm. So, And they normally would release the hostages uh, far away from home, and they would provide them money so they could get home. Well, that's kind of them. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was nice. They're awesome. They did them a solid. So during these events, um, obviously, the Bardo Barrow gang um, and Bonnie and Clyde became famous. Right. So because of headlines and stuff like that. Well, they had and, movies made after them. Right. Um but the the gang in itself was extremely ruthless. Mm-hmm. They would shoot anybody that got in their way to include police officers and innocent victims. And um, which these murders opened the, the eyes to the public and reality of their crime started setting in. Yeah, who they really were. Yeah. They were cold, ruthless, nasty people. But, well, you got to give it to them, man. They were well-dressed. Yes. Um and in looking at these pictures, um, Bonnie's always wearing a, a nice dress. Mm-hmm. Um, Clyde's always dressed in a suit with a tie. Tie. And, and it seems like every time you see a picture of him, it looks like it's in a hot, dusty location. Well, well at least they had a little class in their dress. They did. They, I mean, they always did look nice. Um, it was almost like a thing of the era, I guess, with the way they dressed. But uh, you think about it now, though. Go into any courtroom in any part of this country, and, and when they're working criminal cases, these guys will show up, guys and girls, Josha Duragman and her sister, too, and they look like shit, dude. They're right. showing up flip-flop shorts, nasty t-shirt, shirt, hair's all fucked up. Haven't had a shower in a week. Tweaking. <laughs> drunk. <laughs> I mean, where's, there's no dignity in appearance. No, and it, and it just... <laughs> it's it, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder what... Uh, what happened? I mean, even the hat. 
Right. You know, the, wearing the hat that uh, they looked like businessmen. Right. You know, and that, that's that's funny. I just I find that hilarious when you look and, at society today, like you said. Right, but it seemed like again back in these pictures, man, it just everybody. It wasn't just the bad people. It was everybody took pride in that, their appearance and right. and stuff like that. And then you blink your eyes, fast forward to twenty twenty three, and you look at what. And you go, what? Right. You got <laughs> women that are basically half naked. Right. You got guys that I, I, they're wearing their even white, black. It doesn't matter. They well, got sometimes baggy, the guys are wearing the dresses. Baggy pants. And now we're into this, all this other bullshit I won't go into. Yeah, it's it's craziness. But, you know, you think about it. These These folks are traveling together constantly in a car. Right. Two, three, four, five in these cars, traveling great distances, constantly moving from place to place, trying to stay out of the... No AC in these cars either. That's right. Then. So it's it's hot, it's dirty, it's dusty. So tempers flare, they bicker amongst themselves. Um, they don't pay attention. Like with these folks, there were several uh, circumstances. Like one time, uh, Clyde wasn't paying attention. When he was driving, he missed some signs, uh, went into a bridge that was under construction, and they ended up flipping the car into a ravine. Um, Bonnie gets burned really bad, whether it was from gasoline or battery acid. It's kind of up in the air. Uh, But she got all messed up. She could barely walk. Um, Half the time, Clyde was having to carry her while she healed. Um, They would... During that time, they were going to friends and families, uh, you know, residences trying to hide why they healed. And during that time is when they kidnapped uh, the Collingswood County Sheriff, a guy named George Curry, and the city marshal, Paul Hardy. Um, Lucky for them, they weren't two of their victims. Uh, They left them handcuffed and wrapped in barbed wire um, in a tree in Eric, Oklahoma. Um, don't move. Yeah, just sit still. Um, the gang had split up for a little bit. Um, they end up getting back together, uh, meeting up in Fort Smith, Arkansas, um, while at the end of uh, Bonnie's recuperation from her burns. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during that time, Buck Barrow and W.D. Jones went and tried to do a, a robbery and screwed it all up and ended up killing town marshal Henry Humphrey in Alma, Arkansas. Um, so they had to take off and go on the run again um, and try to escape the law. So in uh, getting back to some of their their craziness, um, back in 1933 in Platte City, they had checked into a place called the Red Crown Tourist Court. And then afterwards... Um, uh, Barrows or Clyde and a guy named Jones went into town to purchase Band-Aids, crackers, and food and stuff just to... Provisions. Yeah, to uh, treat Bonnie's leg. And it was at that time the uh, pharmacist um, had notified the sheriff um, because everybody had given this information to look for people that were seeking these type of items. Right. So they put this room under surveillance and then the sheriff led a group of uh, officers towards this cabin... Uh, around 11 o'clock at night, and then a gunfight ensued. Mm-hmm. During this gunfight, um, the majority of law enforcement had Thompson machine guns. But 
the 30 caliber bar that um, Bonnie had stolen um, was able to penetrate the front of this um, armored truck. And in doing so, it set off the horn. Law enforcement at that time took it as a ceasefire and they were able to escape. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Isn't that some shit? <laughs> How lucky is that? Right. Now they continued on their way after they escaped uh, the Platte uh, City uh, fiasco. Um, went to a place called uh, Dexville Park, uh, which was a kind of a strange location. It was an abandoned amusement park uh, near Dexter, Dexter Iowa. Um, during this time, because of the wound he received at the last shootout, Buck was in and out of consciousness, um, but he could talk and he could eat. But this massive head wound was so bad that they dug a grave for him, expecting him to die. Well, during this process, because of the injuries, local residents saw the uh, bloody bandages and notified the local police. And they mm -hmm. figured out, oh, this is going to be the Burrow gang. Um, so a group of uh, law enforcement officers, along with like 100 spectators, encircled uh, the gang and a shootout ensued. Um, and during that time, uh, Clyde... Uh, Bonnie Parker and uh, W.D. Jones were able to escape, but Buck got shot in the back, and him and Blanche both were captured. Um, but Buck later died uh, a short time later from the head wound. So for the next few weeks, um, the other three were roaming all over the place, uh, Colorado, Minnesota, Mississippi, uh, doing robberies, trying to, you know, restock their weapons and and they even uh, broke into an armory in Illinois, um, getting some more big weapons, some more BARs. But uh, they'd been gone for so long that they finally decided they want to go visit their family. So they took a chance. They went to Dallas. And uh, after the visit there, uh, W.D. Jones split off from Bonnie and Clyde and went to visit his family in Houston. But he ended up getting caught. And uh, so he was brought back to Dallas. Um, and Clyde and Bonnie went about their ways, um, continually doing some robberies while, uh, uh, Parker was still healing. Um, then November 22nd came along mm -hmm. and they almost got nabbed again, this time, uh, near Sowers, Texas. Um, Dallas Sheriff Smoot Schmidt and a couple, <laughs> say, say that, that three game. times fast, Smoot Schmidt, Smoot Schmidt, um, <laughs> had found out about uh, them being there. So he'd set up a trap um, using some of uh, Clyde's family as basically bait. Mm -hmm. But when they got there, Clyde sensed something was wrong. And instead of stopping, he kept driving on by. Well, the, the deputies opened fire on the vehicle, um, and one of the BAR rounds went through the car and hit both Bonnie and Clyde in the legs. Uh, however, they were able to escape. Um, and it was just uh, almost a week later that uh, they were hit with indictments for the murder they did back in January of the Tarrant County Deputy Malcolm Davis. Mm. So that brings us to the end game, the final run, final hurrah of Bonnie and Clyde. Right. So what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to actually turn this into a two part episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to bring this episode to an end here in the story. And next week, we're going to focus on 
the task force or the the people task with uh, putting him. an end and right. to the Bonnie and Clyde era, and um, we're going to talk about one fellow by the name of Frank Hammer, yeah. who you know, in reality, he was like. The Bonnie and Clyde of good guys. <laughs> well, apparently he has more kills than they do. Yes, the whole group combined. And they bring him out of retirement. Um, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be uh, um, eye-opening as far as what uh, the Texas Rangers did to capture them. And right. obviously it involved other law enforcement agencies. But um, Texas started it off and... And that old statement, go big or go home. Right. They went big and batshit crazy. <laughs> and tracked them down. Yes. All right, folks. Well, that'll do it for us here on the 1086-1080 podcast. We'll see you here right next week. Have a good one.